podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fast Twitch, the new energy drink from Gatorade, is here. And it's powering fast starts for athletes in every arena, like NBA All-Star Zion Williamson, WNBA champ Kalia Copper, and MLB superstar Francisco Lindor. With 200 milligrams of caffeine, electrolytes, and zero sugar, Fast Twitch is the new go-to for on-the-go energy anytime you need to turn up the intensity. Available in six refreshing Gatorade-inspired flavors, grab Fast Twitch in the energy drink aisle at a store near you. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. My name is Laura Bradburn and I am joined by Tony Haggerty and Jim Orr in what some people might call a return to the original and best Friday lineup. Others might disagree. I'm not sure. Deluded people, yes. <laughs> uh, Jim, how are you doing? It's been a while since we've been on together. Yes, Laura, I'm fine, apart from this persistent cold I seem to have, but yeah, good. Yeah. How are you doing, Tony? Yeah, very well, Laura. Yeah, good to see you, Jim. Hi, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm before a big we... fan, I'm a big fan of yours, Tony. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> I know, awesome. still... brilliant. Loved it. The, feel, the feeling's very mutual. Still get starstruck yeah. being on with you two. That's that's the for Tony sure. Haggerty way. That's what it's called. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's stop this loving and get back to get back to normal. Um, just <clears> want to take a quick minute at the beginning of the show. Um, I know people come on here to talk about other things, to distract themselves from the things going on in the world. But I just wanted to say thanks to Paul John for giving me the opportunity. You might see in the corner of my screen I'll not try and point to it because it's like I don't know what direction it is but down here um, there's a wee um, badge for United um, Help Ukraine Um, it's one of the local charities in Ukraine there are plenty out there if you give it a wee Google Um, if you've got anything spare to give obviously there's lots of funding and help going to Ukraine to help with the humanitarian aid and medical aid out there for the atrocious situation that's going on there. I think it speaks to our values as Celtic supporters to help those in need and uh, certainly those are a group of people in need. Even if you're not in the fortunate position to be able to to donate, then obviously sharing those links with people who are and raising awareness of the, the plight of those people, although it's pretty unavoidable at the moment, um, is, is something that's that's definitely something that's worth doing. Um, but we will get back to the much more, um, well, I want to say, I want to say pleasant uh sort of um, pastime of talking about Celtic. I'm not sure how pleasant it's been for the last few weeks. Um, I've not been on the Friday show, Tony, for, for a few weeks and there's been ups and downs in that in that time period. We'll start with um, probably one of the ups was this the result against St Mirren the other night. What was your, for anybody who's not seen you earlier in the week or anything like that, what was your thoughts on the performance against St Mirren the other night? I agreed with Ange. When he was asked, was it a hard watch? I thought Celtic were firm in control. I never, ever thought they were going to lose a goal. It became kind of fraught because the fans were getting anxious about when they were going to score. I always thought it was a question of just when they were going to score. Cracking goal from Cameron Carter-Vickers too. And I also thought our four defenders were the best players on the park the other night because they had the freedom of park head to wander for the ball because the man never came to play. 
that's how it gets so fraught and that, that negative energy sometimes from the fans when it goes to 55 minutes they've not scored but you know I, I think that was a game where they trusted the process and, and they got the rewards I, I thought there was a against Hibs and I even asked the manager was there a spark missing you know I, I just think these games are going to be like that because nobody wants to play Celtic for what, what might happen if they come out and play them at a game of football so they're just camping in they're sitting in Celtic found a way to beat that the other night against St Mirren and once they scored the first goal they could have scored two or three more were pretty dominant after that didn't get it against Hibs so that's the thing now we move on to Livingston we'll talk about that uh, but yeah I thought I thought they were fairly comfortable if you're going to win leagues you're going to have to win these type of games and the next eight are going to be these type of games so you know the challenge is there they've got they've manoeuvred themselves into a brilliant position so I was quite I was kind of with the manager on that I thought they they controlled the game and dominated the football, as you said. And yeah, it's no rip roaring, free scoring, never boring, but they're winning, and that's the most important thing. Uh, absolutely, that's what it all comes down to. Um, Jim, I'll get your thoughts specifically on the St Mirren game in a little bit, but you, you were talking about an interesting point, and few know the history of 97 98 better than you after your research for, for Pendley Blackback. Shameless plug. Shameless plug, um, yeah, good. good. <laughs> but you were talking about before we came on air how this has sort of reflections of that season, the up and down nature of it, the the fact that we weren't, you know, expected to be in a title race this season based on how we how we went last season. What's your thoughts been on um the last couple of weeks, obviously, um, with the ups and downs of the some of the results? I think it's dead exciting and I think we should all be excited. You know, we haven't had a league race for a decade. Something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's dead exciting, and I think we have to have to back the team. I mean, the thing I found annoying the last few home games is fans are turning on them really quickly, you know. And the players don't need that. The players need support. Players need encouragement. A lot of these are young guys never been in this situation before. And uh, I was at the Bodo game a few weeks ago, and I mentioned that. And John Paul Mason mentioned the same thing. A lot of fans getting on their back. You know, we, we need. It doesn't help them. They're young mm-hmm. guys. Get behind them. I think I won every fortnight now. So the last fortnight I was on, I think it was just after the Bodo first game, uh, wore a point ahead. No, three points ahead. Uh, we managed to go over Easter Road, which traditionally is a pretty difficult venue to go to. Uh, I think Europe is a factor. I mean, uh, I'd never want Celtic to lose a game of football. Uh, I'd rather they played uh, not the first team players in European games, but I'd like them to get through. I think it does have an effect. I think, you know, we've seen in the last two weeks, uh, they played Dortmund, and in the game after that, they've dropped points in both the games. We played Bodo, and if it wasn't for the, you know, the late goal by the big chap, we'd have dropped points in both games. So I think that's a factor. Mm. So it's always a double-edged sword. The fact that they're still in Europe could be to our advantage. So the Dundee game, you know, played well. Uh, big chap was brilliant. Uh, kept on going. Uh bit concerning at the goals that we lost. Uh, after that, uh, Bodo will forget the second game. Uh, who was last week? Uh, Hibs. Hibs. Aye, aye, as Tony said. It's lack of tempo, uh, lack of movement, lack of everything. But totally in control. Never mm. looked losing. You know, that's not been a happy hunting ground. Went there, completely bossed them. Bossed them, uh, but just didn't, didn't make the chances. The other night, I agree totally with uh, Tony. Always in control. St. Mirren came there not to play. And it's a matter of just trying to wear them down. But, you know, half time, there's guys around me shouting abuse at the team. And you're thinking, oh, I was, I was thinking, shut up. I didn't actually tell him to shut up. But you're thinking, just, you know, we need, we need to calm down and get behind the team. And yeah, it's got shades of '97, '98. It's also got shades, I think, of Neil Lennon's first season, mm. where he came in. I don't think we're expected to win the league. Uh, they were spending money like no one's business. That's a different story. Maybe come to that sometime. Uh, Biggest scandal ever. Anyways, uh, he came in, bought a few young, exciting players, put a really good team together, and with only a few games to go, we were top of the league, and then we blew it up at Inverness, and unfortunately lost it. And and that was a a league season that you thought we don't expect to win, but we've almost did it. And I can feel that with this one that you know after the last Livingston game, which is what six months ago now, uh, lost all three away games. Uh, if you said to most Celtic fans, you think we can win this league, they'd all said, most would have said no. Mm. Hope we might win the league, but could we win it? 
I don't think so. In fact, there's loads of fans want rid of Ange at that point in time. He's got no plan B. And what the big chap has done is raised all our expectations to the point that we all think we could win the league mm-hmm. and we're three points ahead. And he's timed it perfectly. <laughs> you know, to win, you know, point ahead, into the home straight, 14 games to go, we've increased that. And we've increased that because our main rivals are dropping points. And you need that to happen. Unless you have a kind of invincible season that we had, what was that, 16, 17, and the main rivals had last year, you need teams to drop points. Because if they don't drop the points they're dropping, we're behind. So fortunately, they've, they've, they've dropped points. We've been ever so consistent. You know, we've been a few hiccups along the way, but we've been dead consistent. Mm-hmm. We haven't lost a game since that Livingston game in the league, which is astonishing. So I think uh, one of the things I, I liked about the other night was the substitutions. And I thought to myself, maybe this is the change we need. Because I think with only nine games to go, to use a horse racing phrase, you need course and distance winners. And Beaton and Rogic and Forrest coming on. For me, I'd play them every game from now on in. Because I think Beaton allows Calmac to move forward and then we saw him Wednesday night, he scores his goal. We've missed his goals this season. We talk about we don't, we don't shoot enough. Well, he's somebody who did shoot when he was that in that bit of the pitch. Beaton's a big, solid guy. For most of the games in the SPFL, uh, Beaton's fine. You might have to rethink that in the Glasgow Derby, but that's leave that for another day. So, so Beaton's good. Rogic, I mean, <laughs> a month ago people were touting Rogic as the best player of the season, and then he has a couple of poor games, and now he's a, he's a duffer. <laughs> His legs are gone. Rogic's the guy who will open doors. So I would play Rogic all the time. Forrest, the amount of abuse Forrest got is ridiculous. Basically, the guy's only 30. Uh, he's had a hard season with injuries last season. He's not had many minutes uh, this season. I thought he had a great game in uh, Wednesday. And, and nothing against Abada, honest. He's just, he's not, he's just not a winger for me. He's, he's made a fantastic contribution this season, Abada. The goals, the assists, brilliant. Uh, but a winger for me has to be able to beat players and get a good cross in. And Forrest does that. And if you get Forrest in one wing, Playing the way we know he can play, and he also he'll also chip in with goals. And if you get Yota maybe up in his game a wee bit, and the big chap in the middle hopefully is fit, they're going to be throwing in loads of decent crosses. So I'd play Forrest, I'd play Beaton, McGregor, uh, and Rogic uh, moving forward. So I'm hoping that Big Ange, having done that the other night, might think, is this the way to go? Because you know we have got a lot of young players in that team, or players that I'm not used to this you know this environment where you know every misplaced pass and the fans are going bonkers and I thought Taylor suffered for that on Wednesday night you know very rarely did Taylor come forward you know it was all a lot of back passes and I'd like to see Ralston back in the team so I think Ralston's I think the Ralston Juranovic combo is much more effective than the Juranovic Taylor or Ralston uh, Taylor I looked at the stats this morning I thought I'd better swap up for this stuff and uh, I think Ralston scored five goals and seven assists this season Mm. Juranovic has scored four goals but all from the penalty spot he's only had one assist mm-hmm. so the stats tell you without sex on Alan Morrison here, the stats <laughs> tell you that Rawson going forward is far more effective and I think we're fine at the back I think we can we can cope at the back so we need more guys to go forward and also Rawson's physicality he's a threat in the box mm-hmm. both ends he scored vital goals and also at this stage he's nine games to go you want heart, desire, guts you want guys to run through brick walls. And I thought, as I said, I thought a few players were maybe spooked a wee bit. Hatati, I think, has been spooked a wee bit. You know, I think he doesn't realise how big this is. This is monstrous, mm. maybe compared to what he's been had before. So that was a bit of a ramble there. Uh, but, but that's kind of, I think, the last couple of weeks, that's that's my views. I was going to say, thanks very much, everybody, for watching. That's, that's a good thing. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> No, it's some really good points brought up there. The first one, Tony, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you about that, that that Jim mentioned. I've seen a lot of discussion around about, you know, and, and you don't want to verge on, <clears throat> ah, well, I didn't care anyway kind of thing when you say this, and, and that isn't obviously what Jim was saying. But, you know, there is discussion around Rangers getting the result they got against Dortmund means they stay in Europe. How will that affect our title race? Will, even though we wanted to stay in Europe against Bodo, Bodo Glimt, will that positively affect our title race? What's your thoughts on that? Is it some people Some people go down the road of winning as a habit and so to be in every tournament you can be in is the best thing. Other people think that there can be an overload of games. Like, What's your opinion on that? 
I won't lie, I want you to do well in Europe. I want you to get through. But we didn't, and we're out. Fine. I'm with Ange on this. Uh, who cares what Rangers do? Mm. Celtic just need to keep winning. Bottom line. And I uh, get back to what Jim said. Tom Logic said the other week that they're used to being in this position because they, they were in it for 10 years. Tom Logic, Callum McGregor were in it for 10 years. Guys like Beaton and Forrest, as Jim mentioned. The rest haven't been in it for 10 years. And that's that's the point that I think larger point Jim was trying to make. That this is fairly new to these guys and it is monstrous and it's huge. And I think guys like Beaton and Forrest will have a, a large part to play. And obviously Joe Hart's been in certain situations with Manchester City. So he can cope with big game experience, uh, mm-hmm. with the big game experience he's got. But this is new to the nucleus of this Celtic team, or most of those players that take the park every week. And it is going to come down to can you handle it? You know, don't worry about the opposition because you're now in a situation that you've maneuvered yourself into. Whereas if you keep winning, it doesn't matter what anyone else does. The rest is just noise. Mm-hmm. You blank out the noise. And you focus on winning. And I know it's hard to blank out the noise when there's 50,000, 60,000 fans getting in your case at home. But as Jim said there, we're now in a position where you can, it's within touching distance. You know? and, and if they do blow the title like they did in Neil Lennon's first season, it would be a monumental crushing disappointment. Mm-hmm. But it has to be drilled into these guys that, you know, this is, this is what you're paid to do. These are the, this, is, this is why you're a footballer. You need to handle that pressure. And if they're taking the lead from the manager, he says these are the challenges that he loves. So good. I hope he's driving that into the players. You know, whoever takes the field, that this, is, this isn't the pressure. You know, embrace it, relish it. This is how you, you become legends, heroes of the club. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is massive. Yeah, but you're going to have to handle it. And I thought they handled it well against St Man the other night despite some negativity emanating from the stands. But he, that's the, that's what a footballer does. They blank that out. They trust the process, trust the manager, trust what they're doing. And Celtic did that the other night. And a lot of the games is now going to come down to good old-fashioned bottle, I guess you're talking about, really, aren't you? Mm-hmm. They've got the, the mental fortitude for it. And I, and I think they have. You know, they, they, they've shown. But I agree the more experienced players will play a prominent part because you need them. You need their influence. And certain guys are maybe falling by the wayside a wee bit. Hatate, possibly Maeda. But I'm allowing for them the fact that they've played a full season in Japan and have been thrust into this kind of maelstrom. And it is maybe bigger than they anticipated. So that's fine. But then you leave those decisions up to the manager to see that as well. And you trust his judgment. But they've certainly got the squad to cope. You don't need to listen to anything else or affect yourself with anything else because you are in control of your own destiny. And it's what every footballer wants as you enter the home straight in a, in a league title race. You keep winning games, you can't be caught. It's as simple as that, isn't it? Well, it's as simple as that on paper, not as simple as that uh, in, in reality. But, you know, it's, it's a nice position to be in, having been told or, or your thoughts were that you weren't going to challenge this was a rebuild, remember? They were still, Celtic are still rebuilding. So mm-hmm. I'd love to see it when it's finished. You know, exactly. The finished article, but they're doing all right. Thank you very much. And it ain't broke. So just keep doing what you're doing and winning football matches. And, you know, come May then, those champagne cocks that Ange talked about earlier in the season might get, might get popped one day. Yeah, I think if we were at the refurbing a house section, we've got all the walls and the floors done. We're just waiting on the furniture coming in, but it's looking nice. Uh, thanks, everybody, for commenting on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, wherever you're watching. Uh, a couple of comments I wanted to bring up. Um, this one, obviously, first. Johnny Boy Soul says, Laura, Tony and Jim, my favourite Axom lineup. Love that one. Love that one. Not sure I agree, but... Uh, I think he wrote, I think he wrote it in the order. To be honest, no, no. No. Um, and another one, Tony. Just to come back to you because it's a point that Jim raised. Um, but um, Dayman says Jim's correct. The home atmosphere turns borderline toxic. I don't know if you were that strong with it, Jim, but um, after twenty minutes, and it seems some players are shrinking and playing soft, safer because of it. Yes, um, so. There's a lot of what you really then find is that they play lots of safe passes. Mm-hmm. They don't want to take the risk. 
Yeah. And at this stage of the season, we don't want that. We want people. We want to front foot all the time. And I think the issue that you know, what we saw, you know, Hibs game certainly, you know, is that we're playing safe passes all the time. And if you're playing safe passes all the time, it's slower, it's ponderous. You're not putting the opposition in the back foot. You know, so maybe we should go a wee bit more direct and getting people's faces and stuff like that. And when I say it's toxic, but it certainly doesn't help. You know, and what we're looking to do is help the players because, you know, I would, I would leave I would, any 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 negativity at all. Leave it to the end of the season. If we don't win the league, fill your boots. <laughs> if we blew the league, but but for now, can, can, and like the stuff when uh, Starfield does my head in, basically he, he's he's somebody who who, you know, I've been I've been a supporter of. Starfield since the start. Could we get better for four and a half million? Yes, I think we could have. But and has he put a few bad games? Yes, he has had. Mm. But see, the last few games, I think he's been outstanding. Here's a guy who, every game, he has about 80 or 90 touches. And most of them are passes. <laughs> and he's at the back. Mm-hmm. So every pass he has to make has to be 100% accurate or else we're in trouble. And the last few games, I've kind of watched him where he said the ball and nobody's moving for him. So he's holding on to the ball and he's walking forward. And he's not the kind of guy who can move forward with the ball. So he's had to pick his time and then he picks a pass to Yota or Abada. You know, and I think he's been great. And the thing you have to think about, I, this, this occurred to me the other day, if you go back in Celtic's history, and I'm not comparing them with a Billy McNeil or, or, a, or an Aitken. Care, or, careful, or, or, Jim, careful. Or a, or a Mark Reaper. <laughs> if you just see any of these guys, you're going to play 70 passes <laughs> during the game. How do you think they'd go on playing 70 passes? Because, you know, football nowadays is all pass, 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 pass. 60s and 70s, it's lump the ball up the park as far as you can. You know, so I think any player would find this a real challenge. And I saw a wee bit of an interview with one of Andrew's ex-players talking about the stress <laughs> that they had trying to play. And if you think, if you've got 60,000 fans on your back going mental... And you're trying to play passes that if you if you make a bad pass, they could score a goal. That's pressure. I, I and, think, you know, just go off his back, please, because we need him. He's uh, going to be on the team. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's one of the certainties in that team. So we need to get behind him and encourage the guy. And as I said, if we blow the league at the end of the season, fill your boots at that point in time. But for now, let's just get behind everyone. He found himself in a strange position the other night because St. Man didn't want to play. Him and Carter Vickers were playmakers. They were like mm-hmm. midfielders. Because they were advancing 60, 70 yards with the ball. And as you say, Jim, you, you've got a myriad of thoughts in your head because your next thing is, who do I give this to? And if I there's know. no space, you're looking up and you're thinking, what do you do? there's no space, what do you do? And then again, people think, oh, they're cumbersome or whatever. But the other night in particular, it was noticeable. But they did very well. I thought they coped really well with it. And Aye. where did the first goal come from? It came from Starfelt's head onto your man's boot. So I think I think also the right things aye. at the right times, you know. Yeah. So I uh, I gave them credit for that because that would have been a game where they could have shirked responsibility and it could have became all too much because they were asked to do something which is not natural to their game. But yeah. I think they passed that test with flying colours. I think also he looks quite an awkward kind of player and he looks uncomfortable and that gets the fear yeah. <laughs> when you're thinking he's going to fall over here. And I think it's a shame Big Ayer didn't didn't, didn't stay for this season. Because he'd have been perfect, you know, to, to move forward with the ball, you know. And I think Starfield was a far better defender than Ayer, even though he's shorter than him. But somebody like Ayer would have been good to, what do you call it, just break the lines, mm. you know, and push on for a Starfield and Carter Vickers, they need somebody to pass to. And there's quite a lot of time, particularly the Hibs game, there was, there was no movement in front of them at all. So they're playing passes between each other and nobody's moving and it slows down and it wastes more minutes. Mm-hmm. And all we got to do is just high tempo, move the ball quickly, yeah. and we'll be fine. But it'd be good if, I mean, this started at the Hearts game. This guy's a dud. And then people have just piled on. And I think if you compare Starfield's performances against most players, I think it, it kind of stands up pretty well. So let's go off his back. Yeah, I think um, I think Starfield is one of those players who, unfortunately, because he had a less than stellar start, 
has struggled to come out from underneath it, even though his performances suggest that he's a much better player than he was in the early days. So I think um, sometimes first impressions stick, unfortunately, when actually well, we should be we should be reassessing it and looking at his recent performances, which have been absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah. Paul Diet on YouTube just made me giggle, just talking about the hyperbole we see sometimes. My mate said to me, Forrest is done, he's 35. I had to Google it, he's only 29. So that's that's the situation you're sometimes dealing with is we have to remember and look at the facts of the situation as much as anything else. Um, Tony, another thing I was going to bring up to you that Jim had talked about there was, you know, we're in a situation where we are coming off the back of a bad season. We're coming off the back of, you know, perhaps one of the worst seasons, certainly what the worst season I had seen in since the Tony Mowbray days. Do you think perhaps that um, it's just a case of we've all got short memories, we've all, we're all a bit reactionary sometimes, and that actually, you know, if you'd told me a year ago, we'd be in the heat of a title race, top of the table, and, you know, playing some of the football we've played this season, I'd have bitten your hand off for it. Yeah. You look what Ange inherited in June. If you'd have projected forward to... March, there is no way you would have said that Celtic would be in this situation at all. You worried, didn't you? You were, you were worried about mm. what the future held. So, I mean, I, I think and that's the problem now. As, as Jim says, you, you have to be as positive as you can now. Part of the negativity to, to the title is won or lost, basically. But you've now got yourself, as I say, manoeuvred yourself into a title-winning position. And it will break your heart if they if they blow it, you know. But you you look at the rebuild that has happened, and you look at the job the Andrew's done, and you say to yourself, it is pretty much nothing short of miraculous. You look at some of the players that have come in that have entertained and have excited you. Some of the swashbuckling football in parts this season, you've really lapped it up and you've enjoyed it. So I think if you you know, get the sum of the parts. Celtic have well ahead of schedule, probably than the manager thought they would be at this time. And to be in there, as Jim says, making a festival, <clears throat> making the most exciting <clears throat> title race in 10 years, then that's fine. But it's only great when you win it. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and I think that's that's where the anxiety comes from and the negativity and, you know, the misplaced passes and everybody going, going off their head. You know, so... I think everybody just needs to kind of breathe on it a bit and just kind of look at it and say, do you know what? This is, we would, we would have took this big time at this stage of the season back in June. An, un, an unknown quantity of a manager, you know, with, with a squad that was at its lowest ebb and arguably, when you say arguably in its history, you know, but we've come off a season where it was meant to be oh so different mm. and, it, and it wasn't. So, and he's taken this mantle on and he's ran with it and he's done it himself. You know, no backroom staff or no no, no trusted lieutenants. He's taken the, the staff that were there. So I, I think you've got to applaud the manager to even have gotten Celtic into this position. And now you just want to see them see the job through, don't you? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you, you trust them. You trust the players. You trust the manager. And as Jim said, even guys like Starfield, harshest critics, you'd, you'd have to sort of sit back and say, do you know what? You've done done really well the last few games and that augurs well for what's coming. And even whipping boy Greg Taylor at times, I, I thought Greg Taylor was, was fine the other night. You know? So, uh, yep, everybody will uh, have different opinions about who comes in, what formations they play. That's what, that's what it's all about. But the bottom line is we just need everybody pushing together Manager, players, supporters, and get get you over the line because it it would be arguably one of the sweetest and finest league title wins in the history of the club, and that's saying a lot. That that is saying a lot. Um, Jim Tony used the phrase there, getting over the line. Um, Michael eighty nine says at this stage of the season, teams are a lot more settled and can adopt playing against each other. So games this season are more difficult. If we win scrappy till the end of the season, I'll be happy. Obviously, we're all in a situation where a win's a win and we have to take it. Do you think that's maybe been 
I've seen a lot of people say that it's a drop off in form or tiredness or whatever. Do you think there is an element of truth in that, that, you know, we were bringing something fresh at the beginning of the season. That's why we were blowing teams away and that actually now they've maybe figured out Ange Ball a little bit. I think we're at the business end of the season and these teams are playing not to get relegated or to make the top six or to make Europe. So there's a lot more at stake. Mm. So maybe there's a lot more focus at this end of the season. Uh, I just think, I mean, I know it's a cliche, goals change games. But if we score in the first 20 minutes of a game, chances are we're going to win the game reasonably well. If, if it's nil-nil at half-time, then the tension starts to set and, and, and becomes much more difficult. Mm. But I must admit, I've been, every game last, every game this season, including the Hibs game, I felt we will score at some point. Mm-hmm. We, we will get the goal, but totally on top. Need a wee break, need a wee bit of luck. And those goals have came in places like Ross County and the 1 0 game of Dundee United, and even game against Dundee. The, the goals will come. So, unfortunately, it didn't happen with Hibs. Uh, I think it's much easier to coach people to be defensive and to be negative. And I think we've got, you have to pay a compliment to a lot of the teams in the league because I think people go down in the league at times. But organisationally, defensively, you know, teams like Livingston and even, even, even Dundee. When they came, even though we scored three goals, they were, they were well organised. You know, so mm-hmm. lots of teams are well organised and they're hard to break down. And that's why I think we need more ball players in the team. I think we need more offensive players in the team. I think we need more players who want to take a shot uh, and have the and have the mental strength to do that. So we need to encourage that. Uh, I just think in these games, if we can score early enough, then we could go in and win quite convincingly. And as we've said all along, it'll be tight margins. This year. goal difference will be will come into play. And you have to keep a wee eye on what's happened across the city because at the game the other night when you heard they'd scored after three minutes, you're thinking, well, oof, maybe the goal difference might take a, a bit of a dent tonight and it ends up 1-0 and you think, okay, well, they've won but they haven't scored many goals. And in fact, we went one goal ahead of them. And mm-hmm. So, so uh, I think it's about what we do. It's all about we, what we do. We individually, collectively, mm-hmm. better than all the other teams. You can make an argument whether we're better than... Uh, our major rivals. That's a debate for another day. But we should have beaten all these teams. And something I said at the very start, this is just dead exciting. Enjoy it for what it is. It's dead exciting. Because I, I, I we touched on Europe there. And I said last time as well, and I hate what the Champions League has become. But when we're in the Champions League, I love it. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'll take you back to the Gordon Strachan's days. It was like, it was like a game of chess. Watching a Champions League game, playing playing Man United at home, playing playing AC Milan at home, the concentration levels of the team were astonishing. The concentration levels of the fans yeah. was astonishing. They didn't get in the players' back. They knew how big this was. Then you beat Man United and you beat AC Milan because everyone's pulling together. Love those nights because you don't know what's going to happen. But if you're playing Dundee at home, if you don't beat Dundee at home, there's something wrong somewhere, you know. So so it's not as exciting. And I'd much rather be in a title race. Obviously, you want to win the title, but I'd much rather be in a title race that you win in the last day of the season. Mm. Or the football match we win in the last minute. You know, because that's exciting. And that's what football's meant to be. It's meant to be exciting. And there was a period there five, six years ago. We won the league by... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You know, however many points you want, 20, 25 points. And as a fan, yeah, it's great if you win the league. Was it exciting? No, it was boring, basically. Mm. Now we've got a rival, and it's a bit more difficult than that. Uh, so that makes it exciting. And excitement is good, notwithstanding why the rival's there, but it's exciting. And I'm, as I said at the start, let's just enjoy this season. Let's get behind the team, uh, because they are a really good team. 
And the point Jared made the other week about well, what if we all start every player starts to you know play at their potential, we've all battered a few teams, and maybe this is the time. So I'm pretty confident about Sunday. Maybe this is the time that we've had some of the ups and downs this season. You know, we start off kind of a bit of a down, then we have a real up, and then we down a bit. We've had a week kind of down in terms of performances, if not results. Maybe this is the time to come back out of that. And as I said earlier, that I think having the experienced players there, I think if you get wingers on either side of the park, you can beat players and create space and turn defences and don't put daft crosses into the ball. It's cut the ball back. We've got good technicians. We've got Rogic coming out the ball, McGregor coming out the ball, Juranovic even. That's why I think if you play Juranovic on the left-hand side, he can cut in and have a dig. The fact mm. that he's not scored a goal from open play is a bit strange because he's a really good dig on him. So I just think if we're on the foot, we'll be fine. And it's not about what Livingston do. And it's not about what St. Johnson or Ross County do. It's about what we do. We play to our potential. We win those games. But the mental side of thing is now starting to come in a wee bit. And I think the initial kind of bounce of we're playing in front of, I mean, the, the Hatati uh, game in the Glasgow Derby was a point. Because he's probably thinking, this is brilliant. 60,000 people, I'm scoring goals. What a laugh this is. And then a few games later, you think, oh, no, this is serious. <laughs> you know, people are shouting at me. You know, because I've kicked the ball at the park and I'm going mental. I need to, maybe it's a bit bigger than what I'm used to. And maybe I'm tired because I've played a whole season in Japan. And maybe, maybe, maybe. Forrest hasn't had many games this season. He should be fresh. Get him in there. Beaton, kind of in the same boat. It's time to him to stand up. So, off at a tangent there, as I usually do. But it's about what we do. It's not about what other teams do, Laura. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think the point you raised about Dundee was a really good one and kind of goes back to Michael 89's point, which is, you know, that Dundee team we played at the start of the season that we hit for six, okay, we were flying that day, but they were absolutely atrocious. And even though we, we beat them again recently, they did seem more organised. And if that's, a, if that's a reflection of the league as a whole, you know, you are going to struggle more against teams if they're a bit more organised and playing a bit better in general than they were at the start of the season. Um Thing, Laura. I don't want it to go to the last day of the season. I'll take one in the title with three games to go. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, nobody won it with all the split, but nah, none, none of your last day heartbreaker, last day joy stuff. But how sweet how sweet is it when you win in the last day of the season? How sweet is it when the last minute goes? I'm on board with the, the, the sentiment behind it, but no, nah, stuff that. But I'm starting myself in because I know it's going to the wire. But it is sweet. That's what I'm saying. But on last days, there's only... There's only one outcome. And if it doesn't yeah. go away, you're crestfallen. So, for, ev- for every brat back what? against St. Johnston, there's... The last day, I'll take that. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's when you put the call out for Harold. That's when you do that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. For every for every brat back against St Johnston, there's a helicopter Sunday. So um, yeah. it's, it's well, I think Jan good as well. That was another. Uh, the one that stands out in my mind, I don't actually know if it was. It must have been the last day of the season, but away at Kilmarnock when uh, when Nakamura scored that free kick. Oh, there was tons of games left that season. Tons of games. Tons of games, right? Okay. Well, that's that's just shows you how important I thought it was in my head, and it always makes me laugh because my brother was at Rugby Park that day, and his pal made him leave early because they had to go and beat the rush, and uh, he missed the goal. So I think we went through a wee sticky spell. I think we dropped a few points before that, and it was like if we drop more points today, it's not going to be as straightforward as we thought. And then yeah. bang, and that's it. One. Well, there's been a few, hasn't there? Love Street '86. No, ah, yeah. like that, you know, ah. that people of a certain vintage will remember. I think more recent times, ah, yeah, 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 Canada's with Jan Venegor, uh, because the last number of years it's been relatively straightforward, ah, yeah. You know. So, it's uh, last day ones are always, as Tim says, they're always exciting and nerve shredders and they're sweet, but no good for the old ticket. And, <laughs> when that's, and that's, that, that's why you go to football. Sure. Well, I know that's why excitement. you go to football. But I think if you're giving Celtic supporters a chance of winning the title before the last day of the season, this season in particular, they'd snap your hand oh, off. I think they'd take it before Christmas, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was going to say, guys, let's not, let's, not argue over, let's not argue over when we win the title. Let's just hope we win it. <laughs> Oh no, there's always a, a, a caveat that with hope, you know, and say yeah. that it has to go the right way. Whichever um, way it goes, it's still exciting. So yeah. Yes, true. Um, before we go on to talk about the voodoo club that is Livingston, the bogey team that has become Livingston, just wanted to shake things up a little bit because um, as I do on a Friday morning, as has become routine, I like to scroll through 
Celtic media sites and, and, and general media seen anything that covers Celtic. And an interesting thing came up here. Um, it was John McGinley over at 67 Hail Hail. And for anybody who doesn't read their content, really highly recommend it. They're, they're always on the ball with stuff as well. As are the Celtic way, obviously, Tony, not, not discounting. Um, <laughs> um, but he he published an article. Um, I think the scoop might have been from somewhere else, but he certainly published the article on it saying that, um, uh, yeah, sorry, it was uh, Stephen McGowan that got the original story on it. But apparently um, there has been an upload to LinkedIn from Hawkeye um, Innovations uh, looking for a consultant or a, an, a VAR officer for Scotland from next season. So obviously the, the vote isn't until the spring, but um, the, you know, the plans are already being put in place assuming that that vote goes ahead. Now, this might be the, the company just preparing themselves and, and getting their due diligence in place. If the vote goes their way, we'll, we'll wait and see. But, Tony, I'm going, to, I'm going to put you on the spot and I'm going to say, VAR, for better or for worse in Scottish football, what's your opinion? I thought you were going to ask Tony to apply for that job. <laughs> <laughs> does, that a, does that have a personal specification on it? <laughs> Well, then you change the narrative penalty to Celtic. Is that what you're saying? That's what that? Well, hmm. <laughs> I think anything that improves a refereeing decision, or if the technology's there, we can afford it, it's feasible, then it, it has to be exploited and used. But how many times have we come on to these shows and pods and spoke, spoken about refereeing decisions? Because we watch Celtic, we've been speaking at it from a refereeing perspective with decisions involved in Celtic, but we've also catalogued others, uh, other teams' decisions as well with, with referees. So it's it's something that if it's there, we have to exploit it, we have to use it, and we have to take a lot of the dubiety out of these decisions. Mm. And uh, you know, I, I know, I and mean, I get it. It's an emotional game, and part of the excitement, as Jim would say, is that you see it in real t- real time once you, and that's it. You. You call it as you see it, but we now have what we can see an, an incident from various angles now, and I think Scottish football has to kind of drag themselves into that technology age and uh, and use it. And I think it will be for the betterment of the game. See if it takes two or three minutes to get to the right decision. So be it. But that's what you want. You want the right decision. You want consistency, and I think it will aid referees and getting the decisions consistent and getting them right because I've said many times on this pod that every football club supporter has a dossier and a catalogue of refereeing decisions that have gone against them so what does that say? It says to me that the referees are hopeless <laughs> and they're making mistakes week in, week out so you want to improve their performance so if you get a tool there that helps improve their performance then we have to use it we have to go down that route and get VAR introduced in Scotland. I'm, I'm certainly all for it. Mm. It's it's an interesting topic of discussion, Jim. I think because, like like Tony says, it's not it's not foolproof. Um, it wouldn't get rid of absolutely every contentious decision. It might reduce them significantly. I'm interested to hear your thoughts, Jim. On you know, you've talked a lot about the emotion of of a last minute goal or the emotion of the game. Does VAR take away from that for you, or is it still worth having in spite of any effect it might have on that? I would, I would turn your question on its head and say, why wouldn't you want VAR? Mm-hmm. What, what are the reasons for, 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 for not wanting it? I think people would come up with very few. I think you want to get it right. That's the main thing. If somebody's offside, somebody's offside. I think how you apply it is the most important thing, and I think fans have to understand how it's been applied. It has to be very transparent. Uh, and there was an incident at the at the Dortmund game mm-hmm. at Ibrox where and Kent scored a perfectly good goal, but the guy but it was chalked off mm-hmm. under under VAR. But then he saw the angle he looked at it, and, and from the angle he looked at it, it did look like a foul. Mm-hmm. But then on BT they showed a different angle <laughs> and it was quite clear it wasn't a foul. Mm-hmm. So, so so why they didn't use that other angle, I don't know. So if you're gonna use VAR, then it has to be able to use all the different kind of angles. And I've always thought, I mean, I've, you know, decades ago, I kind of felt as if there should be some sort of uh, challenges to decisions, similar to tennis. So you, mm-hmm. you, you get three challenges in a game, basically. And, you know, 
if your challenge is upheld, then you don't lose your challenge type of thing. And just based on <laughs> STV cameras or BBC cameras or something like that. But obviously, we've got the, we do have the technology now. So why wouldn't you use that technology? Why wouldn't you want VAR? Uh, it should clear up 80%, 90% of the things. And as long as you do it relatively quickly, uh, as a fan hanging about, and we haven't had much experience of that. I'm trying to think. There was a was there a goal a couple of years ago in the Europa League at Celtic Park? It was it was given, and I'm from age here, I can't remember. Uh, but that delay, I mean, obviously I've seen games in TV where it's been delayed and delayed and delayed. And the main thing is to get the right decision. But if it's taken them like four or five minutes, then I suppose you know that is the one negative of having. But as long as they get it right, and 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 it's that understanding that if somebody's like a millimeter in front of somebody, is that offside? Well, it is. So, so how do you? So, I think having the transparency there, because what we don't want is VAR coming in and decisions from VAR. We're all thinking, how did they come to that decision? Mm. You know, uh, and how much you're actually going to see in terms of that. You know, so will VAR be at? I was going to say Dens Park. They might be down next season, but will will, will VAR be fully operational at Dens Park, and then fans of other clubs will be able to see that decision that was made at Dens Park? I don't know. Or is it made and nobody sees the actual... It's just said VAR says it's, you know, whatever. So the transparency bit, I think, is really important. How they came to that decision. And I suppose who the people are who are making the decisions, are they qualified to do that? That's why Tony's applying for that job you just mentioned there. Because <laughs> uh, I think that's important as well. Because if, if we've totally incompetent referees sitting in the VAR studio... <laughs> making ridiculous decisions, then we'll just have the same thing. So one would hope that maybe maybe we're going out with Scotland, because I, I suppose it doesn't actually have to be in Scotland. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah. the if the if if the pictures have been transmitted into some place in London and someone's looking at it, they don't actually actually physically be in the country. So you could have, you know, English referees or, or Welsh referees or something like that. So it's a good thing. I don't see why it wouldn't be a good thing. And it should clear up 90% of the stuff. There will be that 10% you think, mm, not really sure about that. But if it gets 90% right, you can't argue with that. Tony, I think by implication, uh, Jim might be calling you an incompetent referee there. <laughs> well, I, 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 it's a lovely man. By implication, I thought Jim was saying I was qualified to do something. <laughs> well, that's, that's wrong. I'm not qualified to do anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a trial getting up in the morning, as you can see, you know. I'm still fine. Oh, I'm, 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 but I'm, Jim's a fan, that, you know, as I say, the feelings, Mitchell. We'll spend the last 15 minutes trying to break the hoodoo over the spaghetti head, I think, Tony. Um, and um, our very own Lawrence Connolly starts it off in his inimitable style by saying, make grass parks mandatory before VAR. I can see that on a placard somewhere. Um, what... What do you see being the issues we get there? We all know about the plastic pitch, and but there's plenty of them about, you know, every team has to play on them. And I think, although I would prefer them not to be in place, that's what we're dealing with. How, how do we how do we break this voodoo against, against Livingston that we seem to have come across over the last few years? Well, I'm like Jim. I share Jim's optimism. I think Celtic will win on Sunday. Uh, I think they'll win 2 nothing. I think Jack and Marcus will score. I think oh, he, bold. Yes, bold. Yeah, that's there. There's three bold statements. There you go. But I just think, I think Jim said earlier. I think the one big thing is, I believe he he, he thinks that Ange will have learned lessons from that one 0 game. That is the last game we lost. Week game mm-hmm. uh, back in August, and I know we hate the surface and the players don't like <clears> it, and, you know. You know, the stats can be skewed because we never played them for years. So I think, but I think in the last, was it six games we've drawn two, lost two, I've drawn three and lost three, something like that, or drawn, lost two and drawn four. It's, it doesn't make great reading, but I think this is the time. See, see if you want to win titles, these are the games that you have to win. Champions are like, go there and they find a way to win. And I think that's what Andrew will be stressing to the players on Sunday. You find a way to win, and the way Celtic have been playing, every game apart, well, there was a kind of, I don't know, I just felt there was a spark missing, and that's fair enough. But I thought the other night we were well in control, and I think it's going to be another similar game. We'll be well in control, but we we need to break them down. 
and they know we know how they're going to play and they kind of know how we're going to play because Andrew will not change it. So we have to just go there. Any chance at all we have to take, but we have to be better than we were in August when, we, quite frankly, we were rank rotten. So you mm-hmm. created an opportunity. So even that in itself, by creating some goal-scoring opportunities, you'll have already outdone what you did in August. So... Um, I'm like Jim, I'm pretty confident. I think they can go there and win. And I think they're getting a wee kind of confidence surging. I just think they're, they're driving themselves towards the flag. And I think if that, that can't motivate you for Sunday and putting a right in the wrong of earlier this season, then nothing will. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Just go out there and get your head focused. Never mind the surface and never mind the way they're going to play. Jim and I have both said it in this pod. It's all about how Celtic play. It's all about how Celtic cope, how the players can cope with being in this situation where you just need to win. And yeah, Rangers have got the advantage of playing before us. I don't think I would believe Anne this time if he said, I don't know how they got on a full 24 hours before uh, Celtic played, because somebody would no doubt tell him. But yeah, I uh, you just got on with your own business uh, this weekend and, and for the next eight weekends to come. But Livingston, I think, will be pivotal in this uh, run-in. And I think we, if Celtic go there and win, then that would be a wee statement of intent, because it would be... One, an overdue win, a welcome win, but it would say something about the mental fortitude of the players as well. I think it absolutely would. Um, at Celtic follower on YouTube says we need to be composed and patient against Livy. Jim, we've talked about the, the pressure that the players can feel at Celtic Park sometimes. Do you think we'll be afforded the ability to be a bit more patient um, at the Tony Macaroni and try and um, take our time to break them down? Or do we need to be going out out of the traps fast against them? We can't be composed and patient. That's the point I'm making. Composed and patient is no good. We need to go for them from the minute one. Uh, They'll be hard not to crack. They're a form team at the moment. Uh, They've got some good results. They're, they're, They're very stuffy. You see all the stuff about plastic pitches. I'm pretty sure Andrew will come out and say something like, who cares, mate? You know, yeah. it's a pitch. You know, yeah. don't make, the big chap, what he's really good at, he never makes excuses for anything. Some of the most ridiculous decisions, he just, uh, just go on with it, mate. You know, so I don't think the plastic pitch is an issue. I just think we have to play at a higher tempo and we'll be fine. Uh, none of those Livingston players would go on the Celtic bench. Yeah. Basically. So we get better players. And if we're better, I mean, they've, they've got very good organisation. I think the manager has done wonders with them. I and mean, given, given the budget they must have, probably the lowest in the league, they're punching way above their weight because they're well organised. They've got good defenders and and they and they make it difficult to get space. That's where you need Tom Rogic, I think, in the team. But you know, if we are composed and patient and keep knocking the ball from side to side and back and forward, it'll be like Hibs again, mm. basically. And that's why we have to go with, I think, a Forest and a Yota and either flank, going at them and turning them and Callum McGregor and getting shots and then testing the keeper. We need to test the keeper because even if they're just speculative shots, we saw... Uh, with the big chap's second goal against Dundee, where Maeda just fires the ball across to keep a spells at bang goal. Mm. You know, so we need more than that. We need far more than that because we are too passive. We are too patient. Too many. I thought Wednesday night was too many passes at times as well. You know, we're trying mm. to score the perfect goal at times. We need to put teams under pressure, put them on the back foot, get them thinking. And if you are really patient and you are really composed, it gives them more time to organise themselves. And I thought, you know, yeah, we did play well the other night, but St Mirren, as the manager said, you know, they look they look quite composed. You know, they weren't getting flustered. You know, if you want to chuck high balls in, do it all night, fill your boots. Because we've got big centre half, you don't have big centre forwards. We'll take care of that. So so that wasn't working. So 
I think we go at them on Sunday. We've got better players. Uh, that's no guarantee you're going to win the game. But I don't think we can be composed and patient because that's, that's not where we are just now. Let's go out and win this league every single game. Let's go out and score in the first 20 minutes. If we score in the first 20 minutes, at some point they have to come out. And that suits us as well if they come out. And it's just the fact that, as I said, I think we are too composed, we are too patient at times. And that, and that takes up a lot of time. You know, and even though we're used to Angie's way of football, you know, as I said in the first half a dozen games at Celtic Park this season, the fans were screaming at them, you mm-hmm. know, get the ball forward quickly. But now I think the fans are more knowledgeable. This is how we play. Get used to it. But there's times that we're knocking the ball back and front and back and front. And the minutes are ticking down. Yeah. You know, even you know, even if it's just the first 10 minutes of the game, if you're the other team, you're thinking, well, that's fine, we'll let them do that. We'll just sit back with this low block, as they call it. We'll, we'll mark the space and make it difficult. You know, because our main rivals don't do that. They're, they're on the front foot all the time. They're playing balls over the top. They're, they're, they're a lot more high intensity. Mm-hmm. You know, they, haven't been, they haven't been more successful by, by doing that. But kind of watching their games, they certainly put the opposition on the back foot much more than we do. I think at times we make it a bit easier for the opposition to defend. So no composure, no patience for me. You know, aggressive, in your faces, loads of shots, you know, get the early goal, take it from there and hopefully score a few more goals. That's that's what I'm hoping for. I, I felt that that was a performance against Hibs, Jim. There was calmness and composure till they ran out of time. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. Just, as you say, there was a lack of urgency, a lack of spark, to be honest, you know. So I think, if anything, they'll, they'll have learned from that they do have to force the issue at various times, yeah. preferably in the first 20 minutes so they can get ahead. Yeah. If not, then at some point where they did after uh, 10 minutes after the restart against St Byrne and they got that goal and then chances kind of, kind of flown after that, you know? So, Tony, I think one that springs to mind specifically for me was that, that away game at Pataudry against Aberdeen. It seemed as though we needed to be scored against, to to upper urgency. I remember we conceded the equaliser and then Jota goes right up the other end of the park and scores again. Um, I wonder if just a mix of tiredness, a mix of a long season, a mix of you know intense training and all that kind of thing means that the physical tiredness is getting into the mind and actually we're only being woken up when we're actually put under pressure and, and, and you know forced to actually make a move. Well, the great thing about that, when they have had a jolt to their senses, they've reacted. They've reacted every time, certainly domestically. You know, they, they went behind in the League Cup final and less than a minute later they were level. So they have that in them. That's when they do, as Jim says, show urgency and they up it. Because it, it's, you know, it becomes a, a necessity then. So there are times when you think that they do play composed, tippy-tappy football and kind of go nowhere. But when they are on the front foot and they're pressing teams and they've got the pedal to the metal, you know, teams find <clears> hard to cope with that. So, and I guess, and I get that it's been a long season and maybe some players are fatigued and tired and all that, but well, we now can use five substitutes. Surely that's a benefit to a club like Celtic. Mm-hmm. There are players that can impact the game as much as Rodrik did the other night. Forrest did as well when he came on. Looked uh, looked quite fresh. Looked as if he wanted to beat the man all the time. So you've got to box clever now with eight games to go. Well, nine games, whatever it is. Uh, and use those substitutes wisely as well if you need to up the tempo or force the issue. So I, you know, I, I still believe that this, player, this squad of players and set of players are capable of winning the title by doing the things that they've been taught to do this season and coped so well. They have coped in adverse situations domestically, certainly. Europe's maybe different, but <laughs> certainly domestically, they've never been found wanting. They're what? 28 games domestically unbeaten. That's some run. That's that's an all-competition, so that, that's pretty good going. You know, so Sunday presents its own challenge. We all know about the pitch and the temporary hoodoo, stuff like that. But what better way to just sort of say, do you know what? We've got the bit between the teeth here. We are, we're homing in on this title by going to the spaghetti hat and winning and winning convincingly if you can. If not, just win. Just find a way to win. 
Yeah, I think that's ultimately what it all comes back to. Jim, you you talked about what you would like to see up front in terms of Jota, Forrest, um, and, and perhaps I think you said Jakimakis, but um, what about the rest of the team? Does that pretty much pick itself for you, or are there any other changes you would like to see in the lineup on Sunday? I think before I ask, ask, answer on that question, I think what we've had is players have stepped up to the mark when we've mm. needed them. We've had Kyogo at the, start the you know, first part of the season. When he's out of the team, Abada stepped up a few times, scored vital goals. Jota, as you said, against Aberdeen, and then the big chap against Dundee the other week. Nobody stepped up against Hibs. Mm. That was issue. Now, Maeda didn't get much service, but, but we're looking for somebody to be that that guy that steps up. And if Yakimakis is injured for Sunday, then I think that's a dilemma, whether you go with Maeda or Abada through the middle, or even a Yeti coming back in, the forgotten man there. For me, I think, as I alluded to earlier, I think the team picks itself for the rest of the season. So I would, you know, Hart and Carter Vickers and Starfield obviously pick themselves. But I'd go with Alston and Juranovic as the fullbacks. I'd play Beaton as the anchor with uh, McGregor and Rogic further forward, shooting on sight. Uh, Forrest and Yota, two genuine wingers who can beat people and create space. And that's what you have to do against tight defences. You take a man out and all of a sudden the space opens up. And whoever's fit plays centre forward. If, it's, if Big Yakimakis is fit, then he gets the nod. If it's not him, I toss a coin between Maeda and Abada to play through the middle. Because the one thing Abada's got is a knife for goal. He gets himself into good positions. Uh, and he's contributed you know, fantastically this season. So, so that's how I see the team for Sunday and the team from now on. And, you know, we have good options from the bench. So if Big Tam isn't doing it, then O'Reilly is, is an obvious substitution for him. Uh, even a James McCarthy for Beaton could be some sort of option. I just think we need more attack-minded players in the team. And I think Carl McGregor, although he's been brilliant this year, is that kind of quarterback link guy. We've missed his goals. Mm-hmm. You know, I was trying to think when the last time he scored a goal. Was it, was it Mitchell in? Was that the last time he got a goal? Think Before so, the other yeah. night? You know, in any other season, he's, he's chipping in with at least, you know, seven, eight goals a season. And he's shooting from distance, and that's what we need. He's a more accurate Ryan Christie. That's what we need. So, that's who I'd go with, sorry, for Sunday. It's a, it's an interesting point. I think I agreed with most of what you said until James McCarthy came up, but we'll leave we'll leave that one there. <laughs> Similar player to beat on him. Mean, I think if, if, if you're looking for experienced players to help us get us over the line, as Tony said earlier, then... Beaton and McCarthy, I think, are kind of similar players. And all the things that maybe if you start with Beaton and he's not doing it for any reason, then McCarthy seems like a kind of, you know, the kind of obvious replacement for him. But we've got options from the bench, and I agree with Tony, we've got five subs. And that was the weird thing about the Hibs game. Yeah. One sub. One sub. Couldn't yeah. you get that? And then you, again, I would turn that question and say, well, why not another four subs? What was the reason for that? Because was, was Forrest carrying a niggling injury? Or was it just... It needed substitutions, but, but Ange didn't do it. And you know what? Again, I'm not trying to criticise Ange because, as I've said before, I mean, Ange will have forgotten more than I know about football. But you're just thinking, you know, I don't know if you asked that question, Tony. I know you get a bit of a, a, bit of a kick in for some no spark, but, but no, only put on one sub where we were trying out for something different. Was yeah, we needed, a, we needed a goal. Needed a goal so surely, surely one of your subs could have provided the spark to get the goal. Because and even if it's something like Ralston, because Ralston was going to give you that, yeah, that heart right and that there. energy and mm-hmm. that, you know, even as I said before, it's set pieces because, you know, he's, he's, he's pretty good in the air. So I and just didn't understand that. Yeah. His delivery is good from wide areas. Oh, he's brilliant, yeah. So you just, and it, it, it's better than Taylor's, arguably so. Yes. Uh, so, so you you had the chance to bring even bring him on and the ball might fall for a Maeda, mm-hmm. even though he kept Maeda on. That's what you're hoping. That if, even if a guy bombing down the wing and putting in crosses, you know, just to do something and the ball Aye. falls to you, then, then you get a goal from that. And that's the thing about keeping an eye on what the other guys are doing, but what your what your what your rivals are doing, because there's also Ibert's going to go Andrew to jail a wee bit. Yeah, because the criticism would be much much more to say oh. what have you done? We've blown a chance here, whereas oh. out of jail a wee bit. So it would have been you know, ferocious. If, uh, it would have been ferocious. If. Uh, from you, especially. Mother <laughs> <laughs> hadn't taken a point on Sunday, so yeah, that's, so and that's that's it. That again, we've been speaking about it all season. That's the fine margins you're talking about, isn't it? And notwithstanding, I mean, as I said earlier, we've been incredibly consistent, but we mm. needed 
the main rivals to drop points to get yeah, into yeah, this yeah. position. Yeah. And now we're in this position. As I said at the very start, the expectations are now sky high. You know, we should be winning this league with the squad that we've got. We've got a three-point lead. The goal difference is half decent as well. I think we're the bookies' favourites, are we? I think I'd read somewhere. That we, I believe we are now, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, so we're in that position. So if we don't win the league from that position, then the big man may get a kick in. But that's for the end of the season. That's not for now. He's done a remarkable job. Long may it continue. Long may it continue indeed and hopefully the first step to continuing is on Sunday of course on Axom as we have done for every game this season we will be live pre-match half an hour before the match for the pre-match build up then at half time and then at full time not sure who's going to be in the lineup, um, Jim. I might have to go against your advice and, and join the team for the lineup on Sunday because uh... never go on those things. No? <laughs> leave that, leave that to Paul John Dykes. That's that's, that's his thing. That's uh, his so thing. yeah, depending on the result, uh, my my reaction is sometimes too 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 much swayed by the result in these situations. But we. If you want an entertaining watch, uh, regardless, then then make sure and tune in. Um, Tony, thanks very much for joining me today. Always a pleasure. Jim, it's been a while, but it was a pleasure to be back on with you today. And uh, we will see you again next week. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. Not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.